wanted this to be Baldwin Hills, he could have just said that. everyone this is alex and this is em welcome to the latest episode of the good the bad the basic this is a podcast for tv lovers movie buffs and binge watchers of all ages on this podcast we'll be discussing what we loved what we hated and what's just a bit problematic about the tv and movies that we're addicted to and do a bit of rewriting where necessary for much more exclusive content become a show producer over on patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Today we're discussing the BET college drama, The Quad. The Quad chronicles the growth and growing responsibilities of a newly elected president at a financially struggling university. Dr. Ava Fletcher is the first female president of GAMU. She must manage her students, her faculty, and her not-so-stable love life, all while trying to manage a healthy relationship with her rebellious daughter. This was only the second series to attempt an HBCU perspective and one of the first to center the head of their university rather than its students. So how did the quad fare? Stay tuned. All right, everyone, here are some critical details about The Quad. Also, some bonus trivia information I picked up. (laughs) The Quad is classified as a drama, and it was created by Felicia D. Henderson and Charles Holland. It was released from February 1st, 2017 through April 3rd, 2018 on BET for a total of two seasons and 19 episodes. The series stars Anika Noni Rose as Dr. Eva Fletcher. She's our protagonist and the president of GAMU. GAMU, uh, uh, Georgia Agricultural and Mechanical University, is a fictional school that is clearly loosely based off FAMU, Florida Agricultural <laughs> and Mechanical University, which Anika Noni Rose happens to be an alumni of. Jazz Ray Cole as Sydney Fletcher, Eva's daughter. Peyton Alex Smith as Cedric Hobbs, a hip-hop artist. Ruben Santiago Hudson as Cecil Diamond, GAMU's band director. Zoe Renee as Noni Williams. Uh, Michelle DeFreit as Madison Kelly. Jake Allen as Bo John Folsom. Robert Creighton as Ramil Smalls. Sean Blakemore as Eugene Hardwick. E. Roger Mitchell as Carlton Petaway, Jasmine Guy as Ella Grace Caldwell, Caitlin Simone as Bronwyn, Erica Michelle as Ebony Weaver, and last but not least, Michelle J. Strotter as Junior. Now, I think it was really cute to add um, Jasmine Guy as like a recurring character or supporting character because we know that she was. You know, once Lisa Bonet exited, she was one of our major protagonists on A Different World. I think the show started off having the best of intentions. I really do. And like I said, I love I love the GAMU <laughs> <laughs> uh, as opposed to the FAMU. 
Um, and uh, like, honestly, Anika Noni Rose is probably one of the most popular alumni of FAMU. Um, so I think it was, it, it was exceptional to cast her in this role, not only because I think she's a great actress, but obviously she understands the HBCU experience, particularly at a school such as this. Um, right. However, I don't have many more great things to say about the quad. Um, <laughs> Alex, why don't you take it away? Talk about the pilot. This pilot is actually a feature film similar to Being Mary Jane and Number One Ladies Detective Agency. We kick off the series with actually a full-length feature. So let's talk about it. Yeah, so this show is created and run by Felicia D. Henderson. Uh, and now Felicia D. Henderson is an OG. Like, she has written, she, she wrote for Fresh on Fresh Print, she wrote on Family Matters, she wrote Moesha, she wrote on Gossip Girl. She even wrote some of my favorite episodes of Gossip Girl, actually. She, Love um, she, uh, And obviously we're talking about OG Gossip Girl because I don't acknowledge new Gossip Girl. <laughs> <laughs> she wrote... Uh, a Thin Line Between Nate and Chuck, which is an episode I really love, and Desperately Seeking Serena, which is another episode I really love from season one. She even uh, wrote on the the international Gossip Girls. So, like, Gossip Girl Indonesia and Gossip Girl Alcapuco. Um, she's done... So, so like, you know... And, oh, and she was also... She also wrote on Soul Food, which was it just which is an incredible series, iconic series. I love that series so much. We gotta talk about it again when we do families part two. <laughs> we do, we do. Um, so so like Emma and I say, I mean, I guess you can't always have a hit. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, sometimes you go to work and you just and you try and it just doesn't come out the way it needs to. And I feel like the quad <laughs> it's just one of those times. That you know you tried, and you had the and like you and and I agree with you. I do. You have the best of intentions, because I do think yes, that is I think definitive of um the show is that like the show had the best of intentions, but it did not, and that is also what I also have to say. So yeah. um. So if you guys watch Drumline starring uh, Nick Cannon and Zoe Saldana, um, the show is largely about uh, the the marching band at the school, um, which I also believe was an HBCU. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And the, um, the relationship that this newcomer, Devin, has as part of the Drumline, a member who cannot read music, as well as the relationship that the that marching band has with the other universities marching bands and the the relationship that they have with their with the the faculty of the school right and i think i think the quad tried to expound on that and it, it kind of flopped right yeah i think i think the quad i think a big part of the problem with the quad is that like is a problem that i think a lot of series shows fall into and i think it's they're re in that is like they're reaching for a lot of things um the only time I've ever seen a show reach for like a bunch of different topics and ideas and have it like kind of come out okay is like Lincoln Heights, truly and honestly. Um, and even that, I think Lincoln Heights works because they ground everything within the the drama of that family. But 
the quad, uh, I think, because the quad is into this idea of, like, you know, the quad wants to tackle, like you said, like, this, you know, it wants to expand on drumline and do that, but then it also wants to talk about how HBCUs are, like, criminally underfunded, but then it also wants to talk about this, like, you know, this family uh, drama that that's happening with An- Anika Noni Rose and the daughter. And it's, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah, they're doing a lot. Um, and here's the thing I, I, what you mentioned about Lincoln Heights that I think, you know, bears repeating for me, what made Lincoln Heights worked is not that they necessarily grounded everything with the family, but that they grounded everything with the, the larger community mm. that they had moved into. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything that happened had something to do with the neighborhood, the poverty in the neighborhood, the crime rates in the neighborhood, their relationships to their neighbors. Um, And I think it's just really, really hard to want to go in so many different directions while being tethered to just one person. Like, we are in Dr. Eva Fletcher's orbit. And as exhausting as it is to watch her, it's that it's it's even more exhausting to think about being her. And that's where the show loses us. <laughs> Imagine you're the president at this university. It's underfunded. You're trying to get the money. You're trying to make things work with your daughter. You're trying to talk to this band director. You're trying to have, like, it's a lot. I'm tired just thinking about it. Right. And then it's I guess. too much. It is. It's too much. And um, and even in a point of what you, what you said, it's like she's the dean or she's the president of this HBCU. Like how much does she really, how much is she really involved with the band realistically? Right. And I mean, I understand that a lot of HBCUs or marching bands are like a big deal, right? Right. People come from far and wide. Alumnus will really travel internationally if they're not in the country to come to see the band during homecoming. Right. Right. I mean, and I understand that and that's great and that's fine. But, and this is my, just be my own ignorance talking. Are schools getting funded off the strength of their marching bands or their sports teams? Because I thought they were just getting funded off the strength of their sports teams. I think in like, and I will say I could under, and like the, we're both ignorant, but like I could see like maybe PWIs are, are are off the strength of their sports teams, but HBCUs are off the strength of their marching bands. I could see that, honestly. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if, because what's the super, super famous one? The one that Beyonce used for, for Coachella? Right. Um, oh, gosh. Um, I don't know, actually. I, I, yeah. I, I never knew. I can't even say I don't remember. I never knew which one it was. <laughs> but I know, right. But I know, but if like, but if your marching band can like, if Beyonce is going to hire your marching band to play Coachella, you know what I'm, then I understand, right? Mm-hmm. And if like you're, and if this is like, and like you said, like there's drumline, there's this, there's like, I think Gronish just did like a a thing with like a marching band, like an, like an HBCU marching band, even though that school is not like an HBCU on Gronish. Like mm-hmm. if you're, if people are going to keep hiring out your marching band to like be in spots or like whatever, and that money goes, I can understand like you putting in a lot of energy into your marching band. I get it. 
I appreciate it. But also as a university president, I'm not arguing with you, sir. You're replaceable. <laughs> right. And, and so... Because so, a marching band director is really just a, a, a conductor at the end of the day. I can find another conductor. They do all like... I mean, they come up with all the creative aspects. They're like sort of the big director. So like, I get it. Like, but I'm just like... But also, it seems like a lot. Ultimately, like I, like I said, like... Yeah, realistically, how much do you, as a president, are you focused on this marching band? Like, um, it feels... It's going to sound bad, but also, how much are you focused on your kid? Um, She's been doing whatever she's been doing all her life. Now she's, like, an officially, officially an adult. She's at the school. Like, she's at the school, so I don't feel like you, you would worry about her too much. Like, at the end of the day, let her have her little freedom and focus on getting the money for your school. Right. Like, how? Are, why are you this obsessive? And, like, I know that there are, like, parents who are that obsessive about their children. But it also felt like a lot. It didn't feel like... I don't know. It was weird. So, anyway. So, we have this movie. And, like, uh, very, so, yeah... We're introduced to the quad in the same way that we're sort of introduced in Being Mary Jane, where like it's a full, it's a feature length film first, is the quote unquote like first episode, and we're introduced to Dr. Ava Fletcher, and we see that she is living the life as like a in like a a lower position, but still pretty high up at um. A, a liberal arts college in Ridgeway, Connecticut, but she is getting divorced. <laughs> so she's got to find a new job. And there was like a fallout. So she's got to find a new job. Um, Cause her husband comes in and is like, get the fuck out, which shout out to her. Cause it couldn't be me. <laughs> like in any situation where we are breaking up, I am taking the house you are the one that needs to go out and find other or work or accommodations. But um, anyway, so she goes to Atlanta to, to a historically black college where an HBCU called, like you said, GAMU to essentially get like a new job. And they're not like really with her at first. They're like, well, why did you, you never seem to want to fuck with us before. Why do you want to fuck with us now, now that you need some money? And she's like, well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, and... Which, I mean, honesty? Stop stop, right. stop assuming that when a person comes to be interviewed, that that's their damn dream job. We have to survive capitalism. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, And so she's like, well, yeah, but also, you know... I'm good at making money and you need money. So like hire me. And they're like, that's true. So they hire her. Um, she's also, and so she gets hired. And so then we see sort of her daughter. Yeah. Her daughter, her daughter is sort of rebellious and not really the best of, of having the best time. And they're not particularly, in the best way, um, her and her daughter. And so her daughter then starts attending GAMU as well as like, I guess like our Nick Cannon character, I, I suppose from Chicago, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that would be correct. Uh, I don't remember his name, but, um, 
this Nick Cannon person comes. And so then we, and then we're taken to like the band and we see like, we get like this very drumline-esque sequence of like, you're not working hard enough to play saxophone correctly in this band. And so then the whole movie is essentially just uh, Dr. Dr. Fletcher and us getting acquainted with her life, us really being invested in the these band this band and uh, the Nick Cannon character and and all the goings ons of this school. If I sound um, like I'm reciting this like in a disjointed way, it's because the movie itself is disjointed. Like it it feels really chaotic and at for like the entirety of it to be honest Mm, yeah i agree with that um so like we have like a there's like even a random token like it's there's like a random token white person that we never hear from ever again for a reason all this happens so everything happens and you know dr fletcher moves to atlanta and she's working at this school and you know new men come into her life and then they exit her life and then Jasmine Guy comes to, like, sort of hype her up and help her navigate this, this world um, of this HBCU and the politics. And there's, like, a cute little romance between the Nick Cannon character and the daughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, his name is Cedric. Cedric. Thank you. Uh and that is um it's all very cute and whatever until at the end there's like this horrible rape that happens which don't ask me the purpose of i could not explain it to you and and yet we're going and yet it will be the driver for the like the whole first season and it ends with yeah just like cedric um sort of fucking off and then uh then getting arrested for something yeah it was kind of all over the place it was setting us up for a lot but i was like i really don't feel like pilots should do that the pilots i stand by this you guys know how i feel about pilots your pilot needs to be a place where we get to know each character like we feel we know these people to some extent and what their motivations and desires are and where they could possibly go from here. This is not the time for you to set up the pl- the various plot um, points of your show. I mean, like it is and it isn't, right? Because it's like, yeah, you, the pilot's like we have to get to know the characters, but it also has sort of have to, has to end in a way that like we're interested to see what happens next and like maybe you do and like yeah in your pilot you do may like you can you can't i think the good shows do set up sort of like whatever's going to be the theme or the driving force of the season happens in the pilot but like that doesn't happen in this pilot they set up a bunch of things that then they immediately like throw away in the next episode right right and my and i stand too like yeah, you can set up... You, we need to be interested in the next episode. I agree with that. But it can't be all over the place. There needs to be a very specific direction. One specific direction that your next episode is walking. 
each episode needs to open the door to what you want to do next. You guys left a bunch of doors open and we're we're like, see you next episode. Right. And, And that's what I say, like, the show's reaching for a lot of things and it's just doing too much. Like, it's like the show doesn't know what it wants its focus to be. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it starts off focused on Dr. Ava Fletcher and then somehow it expands to all these children that I don't particularly care about. Exactly. And here's my thing. I thought it was a risk to center college faculty rather than students in a college show. That was already risky for me. But if you're going to do it, commit to it. Right, commit to it. And, like, it feels... The way it feels is that it it started that way, and then they were like, no, we're scared. Like, no. Like, or maybe there were networks from... Or maybe there were notes from BET, which, like... It's like all the notes from BET were like, I need more of the kids. Like, do more with the kids. Listen, if y'all wanted this to be Baldwin Hills, you could have just said that. <laughs> but it's, it's not, not, though. <laughs> and... If you're going to commit to a direction, you have to commit to that direction. This could have been cute. You know, they could have, they could have, you know, taken some of that energy from All Rise. All Rise wasn't a show yet. But you got to see where I'm going with this. Yeah, that's true. And just make this work. Um, And Anika Noni Rose is, is seriously compelling enough as an actress to be a lead and to carry a series if she needs to all these people and all these, this could have just been, you know, side stuff. Um, make her more compelling. Her life is hectic. Okay. We'll throw us into the hecticness then. And I, I think the quad is particularly unfortunate when you consider like the chair, which is, uh, the new, um, which is the, the Netflix drama, comedy it's a dramedy i feel like that's accurate to to yeah when you consider the chair which uh sandra o is uh leading that show and the chair works the chair is about a like the president of the english faculty she well she's yeah she's the chair of like the english faculty at this liberal arts university and it's all about it has nothing to do with them like fuck them kids like the kids appear the kids are, like, not even supporting characters. They're, like, random side recurring characters. But most of it is about her dealing with, you know, faculty and all the bullshit that they're up to and, like, the bullshit of, like, academia. And, like, the quad could have been that, like, but for HBCUs. And you could have committed to that. But, like, I don't know. They, I guess they didn't have the vision. Right. Um and I think that's what it was. It's clearly somewhere along the way the show got scared of what it was trying to do. And it cared more about ratings and building up the the story that as they had, you know, made it out to be. Okay, so by episode five, we're dealing with Sydney's rape allegation. Obviously, Aoife's her mother. That uh, definitely changes things, right? But at the end of the day, uh, she's also the president of the university. Mm-hmm. And so they have to mediate this in such a way that nobody ends up getting kicked out of college unnecessarily it's one of those things where it's it's something that happens across campuses across the u.s but it's something that i've always hated how rape allegations are dealt with you're even less likely to get any sort of justice from a college system than outside of one it's really bad it's really ugly 
Um, we deal with Eva's uh, alimony battle with her ex-husband, Derek. And that's also really, really ugly. And, you know, we end season one with the homecoming parade. Right. So, um, you know, typical HBCU style. Season one, I'm not going to lie, I thought it was disjointed. It was it was misaligned, but I still felt like it was reparable. So I'm going to give season one a basic. What is your grade for season one? I think that is very generous. I'm, I was giving season one a definitive bad. Like, definitive. <laughs> um, because it made no sense. Like, when we have this, like, it just, like, it legitimately made no sense to me. Like, um, like, when episode eight opens with that, like, stripper sequence. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, what is happening? Let's, like, wrap it up. Call it a day. Like, let it, like, what is the metaphor we're trying to, like, What's I don't like what's the metaphor that we're trying to uh to espouse or like even say? Although I did think, although it did make me think that like Anika Noni Rose had a place on P Valley, which wake it up. Season oh two. Oh my gosh, she does have a place on P Valley. If y'all can give me another season of P Valley where um who's the name of the person who, who owns P Valley? Why can't I remember? Uncle oh, Clifford, that, where Uncle, yeah, Uncle Clifford's Uncle like snooty cousin comes to town, and it's Anika Nodi Rose. I would live. I would live. Yes, and she's and 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 she's like an OG hoe, and now she pretends she's better than the other hoes. Listen. Oh God, she's married to a senator. <gasps> yes, <laughs> and 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 Uncle Clifford's like, now listen, when you was, it, and he said something about it was good enough for you when you were stripping at the pink. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god! I would live. I would live. I would Please. live. I would Bring live. Through. I want to see Anika Noni Rose on P Valley. Must, <laughs> must, must, must have, must wow. have. But yeah, by the time we get to that, I'm just like, I don't even know. I was like, I don't know what we're doing, and like, for a show that was like wanting to be about the school and the school and all the happenings at the school. It's wild to me how like they, they always had these characters like not doing things that had to do with the school. Like, like when they would take the, like there's like a, there's a recurring thing where like they go tutor kindergartners or something. Yeah. Like why? I don't know. And listen, it could be, here's the thing. You don't have to show us everything you do. Some stuff can just be part of the dialogue. Right. Or like, or it can be like, and I feel like I just understood this like the other day, like, and this is something a writer had told me, like, I just need a beat of it. Like, just like one, like really quick. It doesn't have to be like a whole thing. And I understand if you want to add something in like that, but like, it could be, but I don't need like a whole scene of teaching these like kindergartners. It can just be like we're dropping off supply, like school supplies, like as our philanthropy at this kindergarten and then move on. You know what I mean? Right. It doesn't need to be all that you're making it out to be. To, um, to be. 
if it's um, so we don't necessary. need this is not a documentary you don't have to film every moment <laughs> but let's talk about season two season two picks up after winter break and um uh this uh this this uh terrence berry kid um his family wants a public apology um we have um you know georgia a&m is basically they've been they've been challenged by another marching band there's a bunch of stuff going on um georgia a&m has as challenged gamu to like basically it's like what was that movie where they were breakdancing in the streets the one with omari <laughs> oh yes with in routine wensley she got gay yeah, no, like she got something. Oh, she got Oh my gosh. I hate this. Why why am I yeah, why am I blinking? Okay, so basically instead of having a dance battle, they're having a marching band battle, but that's what's happening. Okay. <laughs> There's an outbreak of neurovirus on campus, and I feel like that episode was honestly ahead of its time. Everybody no, oh, I, a campus see, the neuro outbreak. the neurovirus episode really like actually like really grounded it for me i was like oh wow that this really is like 2009 because i remember when neurovirus broke out on my campus oh no this is 2018 oh that's, that's why i said it was ahead of its time because i was like everybody wants to do a virus episode now but literally nobody had attempted to do a show like this in any school let alone a college campus before like how would you the student body react to a lockdown Oh yeah, we had we had a neurovirus outbreak on my campus, and we had a and we had a swine flu outbreak on my oh campus. Oh my god! Yeah, we had both. I my roommate had swine flu actually, and um, I remember, and that's what that I remember that was when I knew my immune system was that bitch because like <laughs> <laughs> she had swine flu like proper H one N one, and um, I just didn't get sick at all, and we were breathing the same air and we were in close contact with each other and i just it was like no and she was right. and she was really fucking sick yeah i've been in those situations before and i mean it's really hard not to feel genetically superior <laughs> <laughs> oh it's really really hard um but yeah there's a there's um um there is a bunch of stuff going on. She's trying to pay Terrence Berry's family. She's still trying to get money for the school. And she's still, like, dealing with Cecil Diamond, the band director. I mean... Oh, and and um, she's on, like, Xanax. And now they think that she's got a prescription pill addiction. Right. And then there's, I like, feel like the whole... issues this season were better than last season. But I don't feel like the season was any more coherent. Right. And then they do, and then there's like, there are like, then they do like some sort of like, like very special racism episodes, which, oh my God. Like there's like a alt-right group on Gamu, which like, why? <laughs> that Right. Um, like, did y'all know y'all came to an HBCU to be racist? Come on, sis. Come on. Like that felt dumb. And it's not like, and I'm not saying that, like, because, like, there is, like, a an issue with, like, alt-right, like, men of color, like, ascribing to alt-right ideals. But it's, be but it's usually born out of, like, misogyny more than it's born out of racism. Mm-hmm. 
and this was trying to like give racism but i'm like this is an hbcu like listen if i hate the negroes why would i go to a school with majority negroes that don't make no sense it's literally hbcu it's literally in the title sweetheart I don't understand it either, and that episode didn't make any sense to me. And honestly, it's an HBCU. If y'all want to keep it a buck, you could have had a very special misogyny episode. Re- Listen, that would have been better. Like, and I feel like that's what they were trying to do first season with like the the rape, the mm-hmm. the the girls rape, but they failed. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Whatever. And then so then um yeah, and then there's like. Dr. Ava discovers, like, there's, like, contracts, like, there's, like, a thing with a con... There's a plot that comes out of nowhere, to me, at least, with, like, a contract uh, about, like, the... Like, because now there's, like, a merger happening, and then there's, like, contract irregularities, and there's, like, a whole... And it's, like, a whole thing, but... But, um, the, the last episode, the the... It, the season two ends with the episode is called hashtag the color purple, which please don't. <laughs> which uh, fun fact: Anika, Anika Noni Rose uh, appeared in the Broadway production of The Color Purple. Right. I don't remember who oh. she played, but yeah. Um, where it's like where the students essentially like are protesting, and it ends with like that's how it ends. It it, it ends on like a cliffhanger. But, like, it seems like they thought they were going to get a season three. But, like, that obviously did not happen. Yeah, and thank goodness it didn't. I'm sorry, but a lot of times I'd be, I'd be going up for shows. Like, I went up for Everything Sucks. I went up for Underground. Um, I've gone up for a few shows that we've discussed because I think they're quality. And they were literally just victims of poor marketing or network bureaucracy. But the quad didn't deserve another season. Sorry about it. Yeah, so like it doesn't, you know, season two is different once again for me, definitively bad. Like, because I think the the problems of it feeling disjointed got worse, mm-hmm. and then like the the thing where they pick up these storylines and then put them down also got worse. Yeah, I think I'm gonna give this one a bad plus. Like it could have got to basic, but it's just not there. It's just not there for me. Great, not great. Good individual ideas. But good individual not fully actualized. Not fully actualized. I think the show needed to like ultimately like the show didn't really know what it wanted to be and like it couldn't figure it out quickly enough. Or, like, it didn't understand what it was. Like, it couldn't look at season one and understand, like, what elements were working and what elements weren't. And I understand that because, honestly, none of the elements were really working in season one. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. Um, It just wasn't popping the way that I wanted it to pop. Um, Which sucks. It was trying to be too much, and it was not enough of any of it. Right. Um I yeah, which sucks. Which sucks. Um and then and maybe that's why the network cuz I remember when it came out, I know a lot of people might be like the quad what the fuck is that? And it's like yeah, cuz it wasn't promoted at all. Mm-hmm. Like not really. Um I remember I only ca- caught like a trailer and I saw Anika Noni Rose was in it and it's like, "Oh yeah, I'll watch it." Cuz like Anika Noni Rose Mm -hmm. Um, and even then I didn't get around to it until like just now. (laughs) 
Um, but, uh, but this is, but the quad is unfortunate because ultimately like it did have like a really good team behind it. Like I said, Felicia D. Henderson does good work. Like she's smart. Um, even Sarah Finney Johnson, uh, came to like write on the second season. Sarah Finney Johnson is like the creator of Moesha. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's not like the team, like the team was not, and I will say like the look of the show is really good. Yes, it's very aesthetically pleasing. I like the way it's shot. Shout out to the directors of the episodes and stuff. You guys did stuff. a good job. Yeah, they did a good job. So like that part is working. Like that part for me was like, like came together. It's just this, um, I don't know. It's just like the, whether it was BET not knowing, whether it was, yeah, BET just giving bad notes um, or whatever happened, it just didn't work. And that yeah. sucks. Yep, and yep. Um, I won't even say I want a reboot of this show. Because if they yeah, were to reboot it, it couldn't be a BT. Y'all don't know what to do with it. Put this on HBO Max. Give it the in-treatment treatment. And then we'll talk. Right. I'm saying, I think uh, I would like a... I do think the... Like I said, I do think the, the HBCU... Um campus even the fact that like it's primarily like dealing with the faculty if you wanted to refocus on faculty i think for an hbcu like there's a there's a ripe story there considering what happened with like harrow like the harrow bum i can't speak considering what happened with howard and that kid that scammed all that money from them <laughs> yes Tyrone like obviously that story goes way deeper like it wasn't just him I'm sure I'm sure he he was very much pressured or like there was some sort of upper level faculty situation that like helped to facilitate all that and there's definitely a place for uh I think there's an angle in, in a place for considering a story about an HBCU um, where because of this desire for 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 to be in a certain class or to be classed in a certain way leads to corruption. Like there, mm-hmm. there's a story in an angle there that I'd be really interested in, in looking at. There's lots of angles there. I mean, like I said, you can put this on HBO Max and give it the in-treatment treatment. In-treatment is really, really good at, yeah, we care about these patients or whatever, but we want to go into the inner world of the therapist. And you right. could have given it the same treatment. Give Take us into the inner world of being the GAMU's president. Or you could have even given it... Um, the euphoria treatment, there's a bunch of these interconnected worlds, and we're seeing everything from the perspective of one unreliable narrator. Right. And I definitely think that that angle is really is really good for, like, a, I think it was really ripe for, like, a college show. Um, yes, please. And could be really great. Uh, that's really smart. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Quad. I'm sorry, Anika Noni. I'm sorry, all of the really, really great writers who were on this show. Um, I also want to talk about the fact that, like, other than Anika Noni Rose and maybe Ray Jazz Raycole, who plays Sydney, 
I really didn't see it for a lot of the other actors on this show. Same. And and that hurts me, honestly, but it, it is what it is. Um, you know, Jasmine Guy is OG, but she's not a principal member of, she's not like a part of the principal cast. The show was drowning and there's only so much one really great actress can do. <laughs> right. Particularly like if you, and like, especially if you refuse to like center her character, which they sort of did. Right. Yes. Um, and it's like, well, I get that you want to do other shit, but these other people can't really act. So child and this is this hurts me so badly because i feel like she deserves more roles greater roles what have you but girl go ahead and take the show off your resume okay sis And there you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made the quad good, bad, basic, and memorable. If you'd like to check out the series, the quad is currently streaming on Hulu and for free on BET. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. Tune in next week as we conclude our off-to-college season, going with a discussion on the Netflix original comedy drama, Dear white people, you don't want to miss out on this conversation. Follow The Good, The Bad, The Basic on all major podcast platforms. And be sure to tune into our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Please follow us at The Good, Bad, Basic on Twitter and at Good, Bad, Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where all of our weekly episodes debut. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron over on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash good, bad, basic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time. Bye, everyone.